This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. It's spring and bird migration season is in full swing. Now, we recently talked about a field museum study that found birds are migrating and laying eggs earlier due to climate change. Well, now they're facing another challenge, a pandemic of their own, and that is avian flu. The USDA says the flu has killed 23 million birds in domestic flocks since February, and now it's here in Illinois. Joining us now for more on this issue is Chris Anker, a wildlife biologist at the Forest Preserves of Cook County. Hi, Chris. Welcome back to Reset. Good morning. Tell us how you first learned about the outbreak out at Baker's Lake near Barrington. Well, Baker Lake is one of the um, largest uh, heron rookeries in the state of Illinois, and it's an area that we monitor on a regular basis. And um, it's been about two weeks now when we noticed that there were seemed to be a number of birds that were dying. Uh, Baker Lake, for those who have not been there, is a lake that has an island in the middle that has anywhere from 250 to 400 pairs of birds nesting out there. So it's normal to see a handful of birds that uh, die. Everything dies eventually. But what we noticed was an abnormal number of birds that were dying. So we were able to uh, engage our uh, partners from University of Illinois in zoo pathology, and we collected uh, seven uh, animals that had just succumbed and submitted them to find out what was going on. And that way we were able to tell what was actually happening as opposed to guessing what was happening. And how can you tell it? What are the symptoms? So that's part of the problem because it is a virus and viruses change. Um, Just like the cold and the flu change every year, this virus can change every year as well. So in this case, the the symptoms were neurologic. The birds were uh, undergoing uncontrolled movements of their wings and their their necks. And in a bird that's normally in the water, that's very, very difficult for that bird to survive. Mm. With this uh, outbreak, is this a particularly contagious or lethal strain? It appears to be within the the water birds themselves. Uh, We are not aware of any... um, spillover from those birds into mammals of any kind. Okay. But we are aware that uh, primarily waterfowl, uh, water birds like herons and cormorants, and then a handful of predatory birds like owls, eagles, and hawks have succumbed as well from consuming the dead and dying uh, afflicted birds. You know, to, to that end, I'm thinking about how diseases that do jump from wildlife to humans like COVID... Uh, how they may become more frequent due to climate change and human modification of the environment, you know, living close to wild animals. Should we be at all worried about bird flu affecting us? Well, it's something that we've been monitoring uh, for some time. Uh, the foundation of uh, the wildlife division here at the Forest Reserve of Cook County is uh, zoonotic diseases, those diseases that uh, jump from animals to humans. So things like COVID or anaplasma or Lyme or things like that. Thus far, we've not detected any spillover into any mammals. And currently, the CDC guidelines uh, indicate that there's a very low probability of um, spillover from avian influenza into humans. Yeah. We're also starting to see poultry and egg prices go up due to the avian flu. Is this something made worse because of the way we raise poultry, often in you know factory conditions? The, yeah. So the problem is the larger and larger the uh, animal unit is that you have, 
whether it be poultry or, or cattle or whatever, uh, you identified a real weak link in that, in that uh, model that if you get something contagious into that herd or that flock, you lose the whole flock or the whole herd. So absolutely. Which birds are most susceptible to this? So thus far, um, I, we met with the, uh, the veterinarians from the Brookfield Zoo as well as federal vets and, and biologists uh, last week on this subject. And um, thus far, it's waterfowl, water birds like herons and cormorants, mm-hmm. and those birds that uh, predate on them. What precautions are managers taking in Illinois and in Chicago so the, the number one thing is to try not to allow birds to congregate, which is very difficult this time of year. We're right in the migration of birds as they're moving from uh, south uh, to north for their uh, reproductive uh, time period here in the spring. Mm-hmm. And so you have abnormal concentrations from place to place, particularly in areas where uh, there are rookeries like Baker Lake uh, that we're talking about or in areas where people are doing a lot of feeding. So the Illinois Department of Natural Resources has recommended that uh, people pull in their feeders. That's just as a, as a precautionary uh, suggestion because thus far we've not seen the, this disease in uh, small perching birds. Uh, we've only seen this disease in waterfowl, water birds, and a handful of uh, predatory birds. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we've been speaking with Chris Anker, a wildlife biologist at the Cook County Forest Preserves. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Migrating birds are also facing a perennial challenge. Chicago itself. One billion birds die each year by colliding with buildings like the city's skyscrapers, and Chicago is the deadliest city in the U.S., Annette Prince is director of the Chicago Bird Collision Monitors, and she joins us now. Hi, Annette. Welcome back. Hi, Sasha. Thanks for inviting me. I was pretty amazed, Annette, to read that 250 species of birds and 5 million individual birds actually migrate through this city every year. Can you talk to us a bit about some of them that are coming through right now? Yes, definitely. Chicago ranks as the the city, no other city in the United States has this many migratory birds and bringing them into contact with this many urban hazards, uh, particularly those of lighting and glass. Uh, We find in our collections in downtown Chicago almost 200 different species. We went out this weekend, and uh, because the weather is, is warming up, there are favorable winds and there are ample food sources developing as things are blooming and insects are coming out. We collected over 200 uh, dead and injured birds just in the one square mile that we checked in downtown Chicago. Uh, We found almost 30 different kinds of birds. It is not uh, the resident birds, but but the fact that Chicago is a a major migratory pathway for for birds that are traveling between their wintering grounds and the the northern uh, breeding areas that they're trying to get to. And what's the reason they're colliding with the buildings? Is it the lights they're attracted to? Is is that part of it? Well, they are attracted by the lights uh, when they're flying at night because the majority of songbirds travel um, uh, under the cover of night, as it were, and then they they rest and uh, refuel during the daytime foraging wherever they have settled. Uh, In the mornings, uh, at night, if the lights are on, they can be attracted towards buildings as opposed to just flying away from urban areas. So we don't want to attract them. But the problem is that no matter what happens in the morning, birds settle into uh, an area that they will spend the day, and if that happens to be uh, an area that has buildings with 
a high amount of glass to them. They're going to be foraging in our little garden parks and green spaces mm-hmm. and unfortunately colliding with the glass that they can't see. It either looks invisible to them or if it's very reflective glass, they see a uh, image of the sky and trees and things that they try to fly towards with fatal uh, results. Oh, boy. And so tell us exactly what you do at Bird Collision Monitors. We have teams of people that go out every day, seven days a week during the spring and fall migrations to find the birds first thing in the morning, which is when they're settling in and they're uh, at risk after they've hit the windows of being stepped on, swept up, uh, uh, attacked by predators because crows and gulls and rats downtown will go after injured birds that are helpless on the sidewalk. So we're collecting those birds. We're getting the injured birds to Willowbrook Wildlife Center uh, that takes almost uh, 3,000 birds a year from us that are injured, and hopefully those birds have a chance to recover, receive any treatment they need, and get a second chance to be released back in the wild. And the dead birds are uh, documented and taken to the field museum in order to become part of research, education, and studies. And a lot of our work is really uh, gathering that information to um, implement strategies. And the fact that Chicago is such a uh, a important place for birds migrating through, it's, it's crucial that habitat is restored in Chicago that, mm-hmm. and that we get ordinances in place that means that will mean that future buildings are not going to continue. And Chicago passed an ordinance in 2020 to say that uh, new developments have to follow bird-friendly uh, design and material practices. It hasn't been implemented yet, but we realize that with the buildings that exist, we can't afford to add any, any new buildings particularly the casino that's coming. That's going to be a, a new structure yeah. that's going to have a lot of lights and glass. And it's any building that goes up and any day that goes by that there's no ordinance in place requiring bird-friendly design is decades of, of a building that will kill thousands of birds. What else can we do to, to help prevent these collisions? And if you find an injured bird, what should you do then? We have a helpline number that people can call, certainly containing that bird and getting it to safety in even a small box or a paper bag is a nice place for it to rest. If it's sitting out someplace on a sidewalk where it's going to be vulnerable to be hurt um, until it can be treated, examined, or recover, uh, getting it to safety right away since you're the first responder, uh, anyone that finds a bird, if they can secure it, that's wonderful. And we have so many building people, employees, uh, and residents downtown that help us when they find these birds. And uh, calling our number, we would be able to get that bird either to the Field Museum if it has if it's died or if it, it's something that we can get to the Willowbrook Wildlife Center for rehabilitation and treatment. Uh, our number is 773-988-1867. It's a 24 uh, hour line that we answer and try to connect people up for help for the birds that they found. And certainly turning lights out is a thing yeah. that in the evenings, any anyone who's uh, in even your residence or uh, if, even if it's not right downtown Chicago, any kind of lighting can attract a bird. Mm-hmm. So the less light we have, better for birds, better for people in general. And, and on yeah. the on the handling of, of the bird, if, if we do find it, how do you safely do that and, and, and secure it? it a, a shoebox? A shoebox, a paper bag. We, we put our birds all in small sandwich bags, depending okay. on their size. And uh, they can sit quietly inside anything that's like that. Uh, paper uh, or cardboard is, is air permeable. Nothing can suffocate inside those things. Sometimes yeah. people worry. You certainly you know, would never use something like a plastic bin or bag. But they can sit and, and rest comfortably in the dark and quiet with a closed box or a, a paper bag that's clipped shut. Uh, sitting in that bag gives them that chance to recuperate and connect up to to our our folks or to the the rehab center where we'd like to see them treated and 
again, hopefully get given a second chance. Well, before I let you go, and I do want to end on a little bit of a lighter note. We just heard that Monty, Chicago's favorite endangered piping plover, just returned to Montrose Beach. Is that right? Yes. That's delightful. Yes, he's here. He's 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 shown up a little earlier than than he's come in the past. But but Annette, there's one thing. He's he's shown up with someone else. We're hearing about him engaging in courtship displays with another bird that isn't Rose. I've heard that there is another female there, and Rose is not, has not arrived. We hope that that no harm has come to her, okay, and that we won't have a little soap opera there on the on the lake. Front. Uh, that's what and, we're thinking here at Reset. <laughs> well, again, that's the thing that that, that just shows uh, the valuable habitat we have. That these wonderful endangered birds have found a space to really bolster a population that's declining, like most bird species are declining. And we don't want one day to find Monty or Rose dead at the side of the new casino. We, 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 we know that every one of the buildings that exists is posing a risk. And these birds that we value, everything from the sparrows, the little buntings, anything that we're finding, we don't want we know we can give them a better outcome and a better fate. Yeah. Anything we can do to improve the ordinances that require building safety right. and, and, and going forward and even retrofitting. If someone in their home has a problem with birds at their windows, we're happy to consult with them and yeah. try to find some strategies because everyone values these birds and, and we want to see them uh, continue to prosper and be part of the healthy world that, that we really awesome. enjoy and, and, and rely on. we got to leave it there. That's Annette Prince, director of the Chicago Bird Collision Monitors. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.